Hello and welcome to another episode of Northside Now. This is the podcast where we take you on a tour through all of the ministries and the latest happenings around Northside Church to keep you better connected with your church family. I'm your host, Patrick, and with me as always is my co-host, Glenn Miller. Hello. What's up? You know, um, you did say, as always, I'm sitting over here thinking, you and Kevin are like out seeing the world I was like, we're the flaky ones you're i the- just stay in the podcast room like, i don't ever get out of here well i wasn't doing too much uh seeing the world when I, <laughs> I was seeing the inside of my living room those but you get to roll around on a scooter if i was doing that somebody was like tell that boy to get off that scooter <laughs> it's fun as it, long as i'm fun. going downhill yeah it's the uphill that's a little less fun yeah. kevin's <laughs> kevin's with his family off having a good time and yeah camping and I, I'm just sitting in the podcast room waiting for people to come in here and visit me and talk on air with me. Yeah. We'll have to ask him how, like, is is his camping more more actual roughing it or are they glamping? Are they yeah. like, you know? Well, you know, here's the thing. I do a little bit of both because we do have the trailer and stuff at the river and it's nice. It's not the nicest one. I know someone had bought like a three-story. It's like 40 foot long and it has like three levels. In it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, and it has like, Oh, it's crazy what yeah. that thing to look like. But, you know, it is, yeah. you know, it has got just, like a really nice pad on the queen size bed. And, yeah. it, you know, it's good. When some people say camping, it's like, you know, they're taking their tent out. They're sleeping on the dirt They're you know, exactly. all that kind of stuff. And then some people, they say, we're going camping, but they, they take their RV or they make mm-hmm. sure they take, you know, they've got their generator so they can plug in their TV to watch Netflix out in the woods, <laughs> you know, we whatever. Do. Yeah. So. And that's the thing at the river. We do have the TV yeah. the satellite. That's nice. You know, so we just don't get there enough. There's a lot, there's a large spectrum when it comes to camping. <laughs> but I'm very much right now wanting to do a, I kind of want to do like a, overnight like up down the buffalo river or something like that where you can get out spend the night in my eno yeah overnight and the weather right now is great we're in fall and great getting outside weather should plan like a guy's trip uh, once i can walk but you got once you i can walk go. again i'll be i'll be down and you and i have talked way too much about this buffalo guys overnight yeah trip we just need to quit talking about that yes. and get it done We've well, talked about that for years now. Once I'm back on both my feet, I'm and that down. was before you even started getting hobbly. I know, right? <laughs> we need to fix that. Yeah, for sure. We need to get some guys stuff going on, or just I don't care if it's guys, guys. I don't care. I yeah. just need to go camping out in the the wilds where the the yeah. coyotes howl. <laughs> if any of you listening would be interested in something like that, let us know. Yes, we'll let you. We'll yeah. let you go with us and maybe lead it. And yeah. But it's got to be, it can't be glamping. No glamping. <laughs> no glamping allowed. <laughs> Not on this trip. Yeah. We can do glamping another time. For real roughing it. So <laughs> Another thing I want to do is spend the night on the pontoon boat sometime. That'd it's be a, fun. a little too cool for that right now. Yeah. But um, we haven't done that in forever in a million days. And that would be fun. Yeah. You say a little too cool. It just depends on the time of day. This morning I woke up and it was 47 degrees when I yes. went outside and it said there's a high of 85. Yeah. It was going to jump 40 degrees in one day. And I'm, we are at that time of the year. Where I don't we like it. All four seasons in one day. <laughs> I don't like it. And all weather types in one day. I've actually yeah. experienced that here in Jackson. Snow, uh-huh. hail, rain, rain and, and sunshine. Yeah. All in one day. Uh, it's almost like, going West- to, almost like going to Ixus. God bless. 
going to Ichthus, you were almost guaranteed that you'd experience every form of weather that you could. Going to Ichthus was like those movies you see in space where they go through a wormhole and there's uh. something really different on the other side. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you come back. I mean, it's like going to Oz or uh-huh. something like that. It's just, that's a different, different world. Yeah. Outside of old Wilmore, Kentucky. Because there was, there was one year we went in the... They canceled the shows early because the tornadoes were coming in. And so we were like holding the tents, tents down. down. And then the next morning we walked outside and there's snow on the ground. And yep. it's like, what is happening? Do you remember? <laughs> I, love, I was telling someone about that trip the other day. You remember there was like a people, Dustin Mullins. Hey, Dustin, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Dustin and some of them are over here singing and praying. Uh-huh. And we're over there. Some of us holding the tents down. And little CC Walker is over there. And the tent blows up, and she's like flying she's away, flying in the hanging on to the edge of the tent. These are, we're talking circus tents, y'all. We're not yeah. talking like you know pop up camper. <laughs> These are big circus tents. Uh-huh. She's it's lifting her in the air. I mean, her feet are like at six feet in uh-huh. the air, and it's the funniest sights. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> right now right you have here. to explain that when you get back to the church well we lost Cece. she got blown away in the tornado well you know it blew and then uh she came down and she yep. landed and she never hurt her she didn't fall she didn't no. just kind of put her back on the ground and it was just a <laughs> it's a good time <laughs> <laughs> those were the good times folks you know <laughs> really they gosh you just i don't know it don't seems like you pull things like yeah. that off anymore you never realize you're in the good old days till you're out of the good old days that's true and i wonder <laughs> i bet you every generation has always said that oh, i bet yeah so well uh we do have some um, fun news I-, I want to report oh yeah guess what's happening sunday what is happening sunday i'm preaching what yeah all three services who let you do that i know <laughs> better watch out Never know what's happening. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So I encourage you to come to church on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. That'll be exciting. So we're going to get to do, you know, have some things the youth get to hear all the time. High energy preaching. <laughs> uh, I, You know, I'm really trying to talk to myself. Calm down. Calm, calm down. Be calm. Be calm. Be calm. <laughs> I can do it, but I don't know if I can. I, I believe in you. <laughs> so if I get a little excited, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little different. But yeah, it's going to be exciting because between now and at least to the end of the year, we're going to have uh, a good rotation of people, different people. I am speaking, excited. So yeah, I know you're preaching this Sunday, and then next Sunday, Carrie Sisson's going to preach, mm-hmm. and the week after that, on the thirtieth, is uh, Gary, Wilson. Gary Wilson. So, and I don't know if I'm as excitable as he is. <laughs> no, he, that'll be a fun one. <laughs> you don't want to miss that one. Maybe he and I should dual preach something. Oh, that that might be. You might. We might need to pass out earplugs. Yeah, that might, I don't know. We might have too many people jumping up and hollering. This isn't a, a Pentecostal church. This mm, is a- <laughs> I don't know. I could get a little bit like that. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, speaking of um, earplugs, I went uh, a couple weekends ago to the Mississippi State um, football game when they played Texas A&M. Saw oh, yeah? some of our students down there and stuff, and I got a little concerned. Why? I didn't wear earplugs, and the bells, the cowbells oh, yeah. just did not bother me. Uh oh, I might need a hearing test. Yeah, <laughs> you did think I did think about that. I was like, "This isn't that loud. Is this supposed to be worse? Is this supposed to be loud?" You uh, know, yeah. There wasn't one like right in my ear. That might have made a big difference. Yeah, but I was like, 
Oh no, this no, is not a good sign. It's not a bad. It's not a bad idea to go every now and then and and get a hearing test. You know, this is not a good sign. You know, you're getting old, Glenn. You're getting old. Well, Barbie tells me that I'm not hearing things she says, but I tell her it's because she's saying it when she's walking away from me under her breath. Yeah, Elizabeth's already getting on to me for not hearing what she says and. So if you're out there listening to the podcast and you got it a little too loud, just turn it down just a little bit because too many years of loud music and all kinds of other living. (laughs) But yeah. Hey, uh, today we on our podcast, maybe one of the best conversations we've ever had with a guest. Yes. We have Mr. Bob Arrington from the Arrington Funeral Group with us today. And, you know, his brother Dick goes to a church here with us and, mm-hmm. and, um, love the, love the whole Arrington family. They're a lot of fun and, and, um, and really is an honor to work with them in their capacity of what they do at funerals. Yeah. They are, you know, you and I both get to do it and mm-hmm. it's, uh, they are amazing. Um, they're easy to work with. They're, Man, it is a ministry, and they see it as that such. And but Bob's going to bring us a ton of great information that I don't. I a know, lot of fun stories too. Some yeah. great stories. <laughs> and dude, they have a convention. Yeah, I want to go to this so bad. Yes, I did. I was trying to to hold back my excitement in the podcast. He starts talking about the funeral directors like expo. Yes, and I'm like. He's talking about there's like a 400 plus exhibitors and all this. I'm like, I want to go see the latest tech in the funeral directing world. Well, and, That's I, and, the- and I wanted to, and I didn't, I kept it semi-professional. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about like, do little kids look at him so weird and like, oh, you're a funeral, you know, because I remember being yeah. a kid, some of the old movies where like funeral directors were creepy and uh-huh. just, you know, they always dressed in black or you yeah know, they've got I don't know. kind of a bad rap in in like pop the old, culture and the yeah. old westerns uh-huh. you know so i wonder if they have like you know those blow up men that dance the dancing <laughs> blow up guy the wacky wavy and the inflatable wacky, flailing arm tube i wonder if they've got a few fun- old timey scary funeral director one that'd be fantastic i need to ask bobby if you're listening i know you're gonna probably be listening to this we'll have to do a second Let episode with some of these follow-up these yeah. real hard-hitting questions that we didn't I, ask. Because uh, I've had a million of them pop in my We could have talked to him forever. Oh, yeah. It, we had a good time visiting with him. And so let's let's jump in and listen to this because great, great um, conversation with Mr. Bob Arrington from Arrington Funeral Group. Well, like we said, we are here with uh, Mr. Bob Arrington from Arrington Funeral Home Funeral Directors. Y'all, y'all have a kind of a conglomerate over there, don't you? Well, not really a conglomerate. <laughs> just we got a lot of people doing a lot, a lot of, of things. People. It's it's his group, funeral group. That's, That's it. it is. That's what it is. Well, we are glad to have you here. Uh, we wanted to bring Bob in. We know uh, Dick goes to church here. He does. Bob, Bob goes over to Inglewood, right? That's right. And That's right. so, but. But a lot of times we do this with um, Patrick, with people that go to church here. But mm-hmm. honestly, Bob's probably in and out of here as much as some members. <laughs> We're in and out a lot. Yeah. And, and my brother works with us at the field. And he does. So, he yeah, sure so does. he's yeah. a part of that team. But yeah. yeah, we come in and out of here quite often, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, to serve yeah. people that go to church here. Well, before we get into um, kind of one of our things we want to talk to you about was, you know, planning ahead and then mm-hmm. what's kind of the current trends and those kinds of things 
is one of the things that has been showing up in schools and all kinds of other places is therapy dogs. Mm-hmm. But y'all have Gracie. We do. And Gracie's been with y'all three years now? Uh, let's see. She turned four in June. So she's been with us about three, three and a half years, maybe. Okay. Something like that. She came to us at five months old. Oh, wow. Well, tell us about Gracie because... Um, I've met Gracie many times, and yeah. she's cool. So. Well, everybody loves Gracie. She, they'll come in asking if Gracie here and won't ask about anybody else. You know, <laughs> it's Gracie here. But uh, how that therapy dog started, uh, I'm involved with the National Funeral Directors Association, so I communicate and see funeral directors all over the country. And mm-hmm. I was at a meeting several years ago up in Brookfield, Wisconsin, right out of Milwaukee, where is the uh, NFDA headquarters is. and. Uh-huh. There was a group of people in there from Australia. I think. Anyway, there was a group of international people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took them out to a local funeral home to show the local customs and all. And Mark Krause, he had a therapy dog. First oh, wow. one I'd ever seen. And this was probably six, six seven years ago. And the uh, dog's name was Oliver. I won't ever forget it. And so we were downstairs in his little lounge area. And, well, he brought Oliver in. Yeah. And so I said... Tell me about this. So he was talking about the reception and mm-hmm. how people love her and how it brings the stress down, especially in the younger ages, you know, yeah. the five to ten-year-olds. And so that kind of piqued my interest. And so I came home and was telling my wife, Judy, about it. I said, we need to get a dog. <laughs> well, she's always had cats. She thought I meant a pet. Oh, wow. <laughs> she said, no, we've got cats. I said, no, I'm talking about a dog for the funeral home. She said, yeah. a funeral home? We ain't going to get no dog for the funeral home. <laughs> Fast forward about a year and a half, two years. I had a friend of hers, husband, to drop dead at about 37, 38 years old, mm-hmm. and they had a special needs child. Oh, so Judy wanted to bring Maggie. That's a dog that goes in and out of the hospital. Mm. She said, I think I'm going to get Jolene to bring Maggie for Anthony. Mm. I said, well, that'd be good. So uh, she did. Jolene brought Maggie, and then they can't, the, the, the wife and the son came in to start visitation, and they were mm. watching the video and sitting in the floor. And uh, Maggie was right there next to him so judy went in there and the the mother was here the son was here and maggie was laying right between them oh wow and they were both rubbing on that dog watching oh, that video wow. and just you know doing their thing and then judy came out and she said i get it yeah <laughs> wow yeah. i got it cool so we started investigating and there's a group up in india uh, indianapolis that uh, this trainer works with them as a breeder, mm-hmm. and they breed either Labradoodles or uh, German Shepherds oh, wow. and Labradors. And all they do is breed, and and then this trainer takes over, and uh, they either drink therapy dogs or service dogs. Oh, wow. And then those that don't qualify, they sell as pets. But what they do is you send into them more or less a recipe. Mm-hmm. We want a female. We want this color. We want this this weight. We, you know, so you put this recipe in, and uh, it was fascinating because they would say, uh, "Well, we we've got a litter that's going to be due June the fourth that we think." And I said, "Well, I know it's you know 
maybe, maybe not. Well, we'll find out. So they sent it. None of them, none of the puppies fit our recipe. Yeah. So they'd say, well, we've got another litter coming June the 12th. They'd say, we'll let you know. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I know that's kind of somewhere around. She said, oh, no. It'll be June the 12th. <laughs> she said, trust me, we have done this many times. Oh, wow. That's well, sure enough, June the 12th. Oh, wow. So anyway, she sends us a picture of what she thinks fits. So we pick the dog, and they name them. They go ahead and name them in the litter. Okay. They name all the litter by the same alphabet. Like oh, Gracie wow. was born in a C litter. Gotcha. Her litter name was like Catherine or something like that. But they want us, if we want to change the name, to change before they go to the trainer. Mm, so the trainer so can, use can their start. Name. Yeah, that's great. So we did that. And they then they put them through a 20-point temperament test. Mm. Can they pass these 20 points? If they can, they go to the next level and can either be a service dog, a therapy dog, or if they flunk the test, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then they sell them as pets. So. We went through the whole process, and then she started. And they trained her for five months. Oh, wow. And then they drove her down here. And I don't know if they were training us to her or her to us, but (laughs) the trainer spent three days with us in that transition to bring her down here. And then she came back last year, the trainer did, as kind of a refresher. Uh, Judy said the trainer was coming to refresh me, (laughs) not Gracie, because I'm not nearly as stern as Judy might be sometimes. But it's been – and the people that we talked to all across the country said you'll be amazed. You will actually be amazed at the impact that a dog will have Mm -hmm. in that stressful situation. And we have been. Yeah, I mean, she's got 800 followers on her Facebook page. I mean, (laughs) it's amazing, but people connect her with the funeral home, and Gracie's very aware of the little ones. She's got a little Mm. love seat she lays in at the front door, and she'll be laying there, and then you let a little one come in, and her head will pop up, and she watches. And uh, one quick story that I saw the real effect we had a had a gentleman that had died, and he had about an eight- to nine-year-old grandson mm. that had been back there to visit with the granddaddy. And then another one of the grandmothers brought him out in the lobby, and they were sitting on the sofa, and he was crying and very emotional, and Gracie was just watching from over here. Yeah. And he kept crying. Well, first thing you know, she jumped down, walked over there, and put her head in his lap. Oh, wow. And then he started rubbing her. Just, I mean, you'll have a natural, unless you're an anti-dog person. Yeah. If a dog gets close, you're going to mm-hmm. touch it whether you really know you are or not. Well, <laughs> he started rubbing Gracie, and within about 30 seconds to a minute, he had completely calmed down. Wow. But they had said that she'll be aware of things like that. And it said she'll be more aware the older she gets. And we have seen that. Oh, wow. Really, truly have seen that, that she can search out those that are having a little more emotional issue than the next one. So she's a real asset to our team and, uh, and the grief work that we try to do. It's amazing. Wow. Well, she has a really cool calendar, too. <laughs> Judy just carried the next one to the printer yeah. Monday. Well. So the twenty. 23 calendar is in print (laughs) (laughs) well gracie's cool and she's just one of those really important and neat things that y'all provide during Mm -hmm. this very difficult time in a family's life um so talk to us a little bit about 
you know, what's the importance of trying to plan ahead? I, and I know nobody likes to talk about no. this. Nobody likes to do it. No. Uh, but what's the importance of planning ahead? And, and how do you help people walk through that process? Well, there's a couple of, of real benefits to pre-planning. One is you take that emotional piece mm-hmm. out, of the, out of the mixture, especially if you end up in some kind of tragic death. And, sure. and like I say, none of us know the day the Lord picked, thank goodness. We don't know if it's today or 10 years or whatever, whenever it is. And unless the Lord comes back, it, we're going to all face it. Somebody's sure. going to make some funeral decisions yep. at some point in time. Exactly. Whenever it is. Now, a lot of people, like you say, they think, well, if I start talking about it, I'm going to die. You know, <laughs> no, you know, it's kind of like talking about being pregnant you're not going to be pregnant <laughs> just because you talk about it there's some things that's got to happen and the lord's got to decide so don't think yeah. you know when that's going to happen <laughs> but we had a service probably a month ago where the the lady prearranged 12 years ago mm. so it's one of those of get the emotional piece out of it that you can make first of all you can make your own decisions and not leave it in the children's lap sure and them have to figure it out and then, because we've had a lot of people that they'll they'll be at death, and the kids or the other spouse will say, "I don't know what he wanted. I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if he wanted to be buried here or go back to Arkansas. Yeah, I, I don't know if he wanted to be cremated. I mean, you know." And so they're not only are they grieving the death, now they're grieving because they're trying to figure out what he or she would have wanted. Sure. So they're trying exactly. to get in that person's head because yeah. they want to do the right thing. Yeah. So it just takes the emotional piece completely out of it. And you can also, you don't have to, but you can also go ahead and pre-fund it mm. and pay for it. Like, for instance, that lady that went ahead and did everything and paid for it in two, uh, 12 years ago, she ended up saving her family about $4,000 because she prepaid it. Mm. It's the only profession that I know that you can pay for future services. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd love to be able to go to the car dealer and say, now, I want that car, and I'm going to pay you for it right now, but I want a 2028 model. Yeah. Yeah. And not pay you any more for it. Exactly. But that's the whole concept of wow. prepaying a funeral. You pay today's prices for future services and future merchandise, casket or vault. So those are two really big benefits to get that done is the emotional piece and should you want to, the financial piece. And we have a lot of people that come in and just want to put pen to paper and get it all put Mm -hmm. down. Mm. They said, we've got the money and here's a life insurance policy and we'll run a copy of that. They don't have to stroke a check but they've at least got plans okay. in the file. Oh, wow. Okay. Then something happens, we pull the file, and about all they've got to do is decide what day, what time, so and those kind of things. So the, there is that option there yeah. where you can do that and not necessarily. And not have to pay you for know, it. I, yeah. I wasn't fully aware. I thought mm-hmm. you know, a lot yeah. of times no. you had to pay ahead or what. I didn't realize that was even an option. That's, that's yeah. really, really a great You got service. really pre-planning and pre-funding. Yeah. And those yeah. are either or. Yeah. And then sometimes we've got a few people, not a lot, but some people will come in and say, look, I'm just going to put up $10,000 for my funeral and let them work it out. <laughs> that doesn't happen a lot, but it, yeah. it's possible. Sure. I mean, you can sure. do that. But it's, yeah, it's either or. But the main thing, the main thing is plan it. Mm-hmm. If you want to pay for it now or later, but the main thing is plan it. And then also I suggest, even if you don't want to go to a funeral home and formally go through that at least tell somebody 
Yeah. Tell yeah. somebody yeah. what your wishes are to where they don't have to start. Well, they won't be cremated. So they want to be buried. They won't be buried here, buried there, you know. Yeah. So at least give give families some guidance. Sure. Even if you don't want to formally do it. And, and I told I told my family that I wanted to be taxidermied, but I don't think <laughs> they uh, they're going to go for that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm anymore. not sure anybody that does it, but I can't imagine the price. <laughs> That's true. The price would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my, I know my grandmother, she's 97 now and probably 93 or so 92 is because my grandfather passed away. So that many years ago, they were pre pre prepared way. And I don't even know if the casket she picked out is even made today, you know? <laughs> well, you know? And so what, that's the funny and, thing. And to that point, that's why that the funeral homes will guarantee like kind and quality. Yeah. They may want to, I'll just make up something, a silver casket with white interior. Yeah. Yeah. If they die 10 years from now, it may not be the exact silver hardware or the exact corner, but it's going to be silver. It's going to be the same weight, 18 gauge or whatever they picked out with white interior. So the same type product can always be delivered. They pick out a oak casket. There's going to always be oak caskets. So that's what funeral homes do. I know um, in the past, Actually, you know, being put in a casket and then into the ground is was the your oh yeah. your number one choice. Oh really. yeah. How how has cremation come along? And I know it seems like from our end we're seeing that more and more and more and more. You are. So how is the what are what are our differences? You know, where are we seeing cremation happen more now, or is it? Well, of course, cremation, like everything else, started in California. Uh, kind of starts in the West and works Moves its way this here. way. Because you've got, like, in Oregon and places in California, cremation is 70%. Mm. Oh, know? wow. Oh, really? yeah. You'll have seven out of ten funerals to be cremation. Where ours, we're still somewhat in the South, Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. We're at about 30%. Mississippi is the lowest cremation state in the country at about 25%. Oh, wow. So we're still low cremation as far as the rest of the world's concerned high cremation in florida because you still got those snowbirds that still go to florida Mm -hmm. uh used to you would get a lot of ship outs people would go to florida and die and then they would ship their body back Mm -hmm. to wherever most time now they'll cremate and family takes them back or they mail them back oh wow there's just there's a lot of cremation in florida but what we've seen here and probably half or more of our cremation families, they still want the visitation with the body present and mm-hmm. have the funeral because really all cremation does is take the place of the cemetery. It's mm-hmm. just a decision of final disposition. has nothing to do with the ceremony yeah. or the the grieving process. Yeah. Now sometimes we see people that and it's been proven by these the grief experts over the last ten or fifteen years, those families that have what's called a direct cremation, no service, no visitation, no family viewing, none of that, they end up with more grief issues down mm. the road mm. than those that go through the process. Because yeah. Uh, you know, they'll wake up in about a month or so, you know, I think my mother died, you know, so it's mm. just, it, and what a lot of people have in, in their mind is funeral directors try to guide people down a path, their grief journey that's going to start the day that person dies mm. and their life will never, ever, ever be the same again. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. You take somebody 
important to you mm-hmm. out of your life, whether it's a family member or a coworker, your life's never going to be the same again. And the yeah. whole the whole process and the whole reason for funerals is to help you start that process. Well, if you don't ever do that, then you don't know how to go forward. Yeah. So we encourage families to at least pause. They say, we're not going to do anything. She didn't want us to do anything. I will. She ain't got anything to do with this. Yeah. This is all about what you and the family and the grandkids and brothers yeah. and sisters need. But if you don't want to do anything organized in a church or a funeral home, at least pause as a family and get together in the backyard of somebody's house and celebrate this woman's 86 years of life and yeah. having three kids and 12 grandkids and, and what she did. Yeah, You can't just act like it didn't happen because it, it will happen in your mind at some point. You're yeah. going to want to celebrate this lady's life. So... That's why that's why we encourage people to at least do something. Mm-hmm. Cremation has done one thing that's good is it's extended memorial options. I mean, if you'd have told me seven or eight years ago that we'd be providing jewelry for people at the funeral home, whether it be fingerprint jewelry or they need to make some lockets and bracelets that you can put some of the cremated remains in. Yeah. So we 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 sell a lot of thumbprint jewelry even to burial families because we fingerprint everybody that comes in our building okay. for two reasons. One's for identification. Mm-hmm. And two is to have that should somebody, because a lot of times the grandkids – you know, they like my wife wears a thumbprint of her daddy around her neck almost every day. We've had grandkids that want a pocket knife with their mm. granddaddy's fingerprint on oh, it. Wow. So all of that came out of cremation because oh. there really wasn't a place to go and visit a gravesite. Yeah, yeah. But people still want m- memorialization. Mm-hmm. So cremation did do that. It did help even in burial families to have more permanent. Mm. memorialization yeah but like i say most of our families over half will still want to go through the process and then the other half uh will most of them will have either a visitation or a memorial service memorial service meaning basically a funeral after the cremation is yeah. the, the body's just not present yeah but it doesn't have anything to do with the service. So we've only got about 25 to 30% of the cremations we do that don't do anything. Oh, wow. Now, you said you're going to be going to the um, funeral home director's convention yeah. thing here in a yeah. little bit. And, um, you know, one of the things I had seen not too long ago, and actually I was showing this with Dickie, is um, on the tombstone now, or, and I've seen this somewhere, and on tombstone, you can, when you come and you visit, you can have a video pop up on these tombstones. Is that where you find out about things <laughs> like that? That's exactly right. Yeah. The National Funeral Directors uh, International Convention and Expo, they call it, is the largest funeral gathering in the world for funeral service. And they'll have 400, 450 exhibitors. Wow. And that's where you find stuff. Now, I think what you're, refer- at least the one I, what I know about is you can walk up to a tombstone and it'll have a QR code on it. 
Oh, okay. And you hit that QR code, and the video comes up on your phone. Oh, okay. I do know there's that. Now, there may be some that's got the actual got a little like screen a panel on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, put I, that I think the one that I'd seen was an actual panel on would, there. would so. not surprise me by any means. And who knows? Someone may have rigged that up. I yeah, don't know, yeah. You know, so. yeah. But uh, that's where you find out what is. And, and everything in there is to serve families better. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you'll have pre-need insurance companies to monument companies, obviously all the casket manufacturers showing different things and uh, any of those little memorialization, there'll be a lot of jewelry, a lot of urn displays, yeah. vehicles, mm. uh, vans, crematories. Uh, now the thing is called aqua cremation which is uh alkaline hydrolysis to which they call fireless cremation so that uh there's not any of those around here they started in florida yeah really that basically is you put them in a little basket and it breaks it down with water and acid and it basically instead of burning the flesh Mm -hmm. off the bone it chemically dissolves the flesh off the bone and then you process the bone into remains just like you do after a cremation but this they call is fireless cremation so those are the kind of things that's introduced at the convention of new new ways to serve families and do things different yeah. There'll be about usually about six thousand funeral directors there from across the well. There's last year we were in Nashville and there was thirty three countries represented because NFDA has membership in forty three countries. Wow! So uh, it's got twenty thousand members. So there's usually about five to six that come to the once a year convention. Mm. You know, when I was in the Navy, being a religious program specialist, I dealt a lot with pastors and chaplains and then we would work with the morticians and things and one of them always said i'm the last person that'll ever let you down (laughs) that was his joke you know that was his joke yeah but i mean i don't know i've only known one young person that came through our youth group here and she went on to mortician school and is Mm -hmm. now a funeral director and, and stuff and but it don't seem like kids are you know, talking about that much. They're not. They're not. <laughs> you know, I, how, how does how does someone get into that kind of the, the kind of work that you do now? Most of the time, it's family. Okay, it's a second, third, fourth, fifth generation kind of thing. But now that's becoming less and less. That's mm. because you've got this generation. I'll say in the last ten years mm. that they don't want to spend that much time. They yeah. saw daddy being gone and missing yeah. baseball games and not there for Thanksgiving lunch or sat down for Christmas Eve dinner and have to leave. And you've got a generation now that, one, they don't have to do that just because granddaddy started this business. Mm. I'm going to make my own decisions. And, two, they can work less hours for more money. Yeah. And they're not tied up at night or on the weekends. So they're just beginning where we're used to. I'm in the family business. That's just what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. The, this generation, the last 10 or so years, they're not built that way. Yeah. Uh, I got involved when I was about seven years old, lived in Milan, and my next door neighbor owned a funeral home. My daddy was in insurance. He didn't have anything to do with funeral service. But I got interested when uh, my grandmother died, 
and uh, something about it. And my elementary school was right across the street from Bodkin Funeral Home in Milan. So I'd leave school at 3 o'clock and walk across the street and ride home with my neighbor at 5.30 or whatever it was, and I'd go down there on the weekend. So I just kind of got intrigued and started just being around funeral service. Yeah. So my mother, when I was nine, I didn't know this till later, that she went to a child psychologist. She said, hey, <laughs> I got this nine-year-old, and all he wants to do is hang around the funeral home. Now, what's up with that? And he said, oh, he'll grow out of that. And don't just pacify him. Well, obviously, I, I was out of it for a while in insurance with my dad and missed, yeah. it, missed it the whole time I was out of it. And then in the meantime, uh, Smith, where I worked when I came to Jackson, it ended up selling to mm. a big firm in, in Texas. And mine and my dad's office was right behind the funeral home. So I'd still go over there in the morning, drink coffee and all. And I was kind of beginning to see how corporate yeah. was kind of doing yeah. that. And I'm thinking, no, nah, that's not really what they've been the way they normally do things. And in the meantime, all the growth had gone north. Mm. So I said, you know, what Jackson needs is a funeral home that's built as a funeral home, not an old house that's been yeah. redone yeah. Yeah. in the north part of town. Yeah. So I started looking and did this, found that, and all the pieces kind of came into place, and we built and opened, and nobody came. Mm. So we went through that five struggling years, and yeah. uh, but with the help of some good folks in the community that invested to help us stay afloat, we're twenty seven years later, we're still here. But that was that's kind of what got me intrigued mm. was because I was exposed to it at an early age. But most people, it's a generational thing, it's a yeah. family thing. Now, a lot of people say, how do you handle being around all that grief and all that stuff all the time? How, yeah. how do you do that? I mean, that's, and I think there's even maybe some ministry people that, you know, see what y'all do because they work with you and they're right. like, I, you know, that might be interesting or something, but I just don't want to deal with the grief all the time. So, mm -hmm. so that has to be. It Something. is. And how, how do y'all deal with that? It's a ministry. You yeah. look at it. It's not for everybody. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of people come and go over the years that they'll say, you know, I think I, I think I want to do that. And I go, I'm a, I may go to mortuary school. I said, well, have you ever worked at a funeral home? No, but I, I'm pretty sure I could do that. <laughs> I said, well, my suggestion is you need to work somewhere first to yeah. see if, in fact, because this is not for everybody. Yeah. It's just coming off the street. One, it's the hours, the uncertainty of a schedule, and two, the environment that you may be in. So you've got to have kind of a DNA of service-minded, not business-minded or mm. work-minded. Yeah. That this is not, one, it's not an eight-to-five job. It's not 40 hours a week. Uh, but And it's a service. Mm -hmm. It's being there for people at the worst time they can. Yeah. So, like I say, it's not for, you can't, you can't decide to be in it by working in it, you've got to have something deep down in you that you want to help and serve people in some kind of way. Uh, we do. We've got two retired ministers on our staff. Yeah. And uh, and we've got another one that helps us part-time because the service-minded and the ministry piece blends so well together. Yeah, exactly. Because in ministry, they're already doing that. Mm -hmm. And this is just an extension of that. And we've believed from the very beginning that us and the ministers work 
parallel to serve families that's all we're trying to do is serve families and we help them and they help us for Mm -hmm. the end result of a family being served and you've got to look at it that way and not just because i know some funeral directors that well by golly i ain't gonna he can do what i do he's coming to the funeral home and i'll tell him what i do well that's not helping the family at all that's that's an ego getting in the way exactly of not serving families of being in charge yeah so uh and we on the other hand we've seen some ministers that oh going, yeah. we're going i do it this way no it's <laughs> the only way i'm gonna do it so and you just kind of learn to okay yeah. we'll maneuver yeah but it's it's got to be a service mind to be very effective in funeral service now you know we're patrick and i help often when there's funerals and stuff here at the church sure and so we're used to and i think a lot of people just growing up in the south and stuff you know think well those funerals they just do christian services (laughs) but y'all don't you have to be prepared to do a muslim service or are all different forms of things do y'all have a whole lot of that going on in jackson um and we did an indian service tuesday yeah and uh of course their culture's obviously different they not they do nothing but cremation Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have their, I'll call them rituals that sure. they yeah. go through. Yeah. Uh, and they have their tradition, just like uh, the cremated remains, they're going to take back to India tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. We had, we had the service Tuesday. We did the cremation Wednesday because we've got our own crematory on the property. So we control when all that can take place. So we okay. were able to do it in their timeline. Yeah. But they don't want to actually pick her up till in the morning on the way to the airport. Mm. And the reason is their culture says they can't take her home. Uh, yeah. She has to go not at home so they'll go from the funeral home to the airport airport to india when they get to india they go straight to the temple Mm. so they can't in their culture they can't take the cremated remains home so you just kind of learn by doing and we've done a lot of those indian services so Mm -hmm. they're comfortable calling us one because we have a crematory and can get it done where a lot of cremate uh, funeral homes use a different third-party crematory, and they're kind of mm-hmm. at the mercy of their schedule. Mm-hmm. So they know we can deliver at the right amount of time. So we've done a lot of those Indian services. But they are – they don't have a, quote, minister or officiant. It's all the family. The casket will be out in the middle of the room and not up against – the back mm-hmm. and then they do all of their ceremony around oh, wow. the wow. casket Interesting. and the family participates mm-hmm. every family member will have some type of they may be just put a rose petal in the casket but every family member has some kind of participation which personally i think is a good thing sure you know yeah. i think that the more from the grandkids to the grandparents the more they can participate sure. helps that process. Yeah, I, That's I, why we have a lot of people that want to do their own obituary mm. or they want to do their own slideshow or they want to do their own picture table because that's that's therapeutic. Yeah, We had a lady several years ago that she got killed on a motorcycle. It was about August and September, but her big deal was Christmas. And mm. the girls were talking, well, what I hate about it is mama's not going to have her Christmas. But she'd put up about three or four Christmas trees and all that. And I said, well, let's put them up. Oh, if wow. that's what, if that's her life. 
They said, could we do that? I said, sure. Well, the girls put them up yeah. because the girls always help their mama put them yeah. up. So they brought her three or four Christmas trees in, and they spent all one afternoon putting her Christmas trees up. But the fact was they wanted to do it because yeah. that's the last time they could do it for their mother. So those things are therapy for the grief process sure. to start that journey that they wouldn't have to say well it's christmas and i wish we could put mother's tree up one more time and well they probably, did yeah mm -hmm. there's probably a few tears but oh, a, I, a lot of laughter they'd laugh and cry yeah. it's yeah. kind of like going yeah. through a photo album you yeah. know you laugh a while you cry a while you reminisce yeah. a while and oh you remember when she bought i mean yeah that's just therapy exactly so we look, and we do more listening than anything else when we're at an arrangement conference, but that's another good benefit of prearranging, mm. is you can have a chance to kind of think through yeah. what yeah. I really would want to happen. And we have a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people that they'll just call or they'll stop by and say, hey, put this in my file. Yeah, I found this last week, and this is when I went to a such and such conference, and they recognized me for salesman of the year just stick that in the mm. file so we can remember to do something or they'll pick out another song add this or it's like me i go through mine a couple of times a year and i'll get mad at a pallbearer and i'll just mark his name <laughs> on <laughs> or here lately one or two have died and i had to mark them mark off. Them so, add someone, but yeah. it's kind of a work in process and i've yeah. done this i'll hear a new song and i go man yeah, exactly. i think i want that exactly. so but you're able to plan because you know we plan for graduations we plan for weddings and people are planned for months for yep. a wedding yep. but they try to plan celebrating 85 years and two hours oh wow that's and a good way of putting it they miss they miss what they really want mm -hmm. to celebrate and want people to know and they want to talk about and discuss so we do a lot of listening as to what was important to him or her and those kind of things and we make notes to either do that in a in a memory table or mm -hmm. in the register book or on the video that we're making for the family to try to capture that person's life, like the Christmas trees. And, yeah. You know, great. we had a motorcycle in the chapel one night for visitation because that was the yeah. big deal for this guy. And so I said, well, just bring his Harley. And we just rolled it right in the chapel. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it's those, that's what the funeral's for. It's for the life to celebrate the, for the living to celebrate the life. And so you can't do that cookie cutting every funeral and every exactly. visitation the same because every life is unique mm -hmm. and it deserves to be celebrated in yeah. that way so yeah. we have strived very 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 hard to to do that to the best of our ability that and that's why we have done what we've done with audio video visuals and those kind of things is so every funeral is different yeah we had a service yesterday lady's favorite color was purple mm. well when they walked in the chapel our whole chapel was purple oh wow because we're able to change that lighting yeah for those yeah. kind of things cool. that no matter if you come to a funeral every day for a week at our funeral home it's going to look different, different. it's yeah. not going to be the same thing every time because the funeral the family the life is different yeah so we try to match to just that the best we know how and the best we can determine it that's cool do a lot of people may not know and i'm not even sure because you may 
you may you may tell me what I'm about to not know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't but, know what you don't know. But do y'all own? So you have the funeral home, mm-hmm. but do you also own? The cemeteries, or do y'all work? Is that another entity? Is it? We owned them up until 2008. We oh, okay. we bought Highland Memorial Gardens in Ridgecrest in 2003. Okay. And we had them for five years, and that's when I realized I don't need to be a cemeterian. Oh, okay. So, uh, so that's a whole different. That's thing. a whole different thing. Oh, okay. Uh, it works well to have both, but. I am not cemeteries is more of a sales driven type mentality and profession. And you've got to have pre need and sales counselors. Uh, and then I'm one of these is something needs to be fixed. Like in funeral service, I'm going to fix it. I mean, sure. you know, well, at the cemetery, you can't really do that because, mm. you know, somebody stole my flowers. Okay. I'll put them back. Well, that goes on, yeah, on forever. And, on and, on. and then it's it's that old saying in the profession: if you've got a funeral, you family's around for three or four days. Yeah. Well, in the cemetery, they're around forever. Yeah. I mean, and we were putting out fires that took place back in the nineties when oh, somebody wow. else owned it, and you came in to buy two spots, and I sold it to you. But then the burial takes place. 15 years later and there's somebody in those spaces uh, well the current owner has to fix all that mm. no matter what happened when you bought them the time they got to be used and there's something wrong we had to take care of that uh, part so and then too during that five years the funeral home really grew and so we needed to focus more time on the funeral side than the cemetery side so we sold them back in 2008 to a company up in um Pennsylvania. Okay. Now, what if somebody wants their remains on the family farm? Mm-hmm. Can, can you do that? You can. Anymore in you can. today's world? What you've got to do is you've got to kind of plan it. You just mm. can't have a death today and bury on the farm Saturday. You've got to make a – go through the process. And then the big process is you take – you got to designate an area on the family farm – and have it surveyed and a deed created, just like you were oh. buying a deed to build a house. Okay. So there's a separate deed, and it may be for Miller Family Funeral Home, but sure. there's a deed. And then you have to have the health department to come out in that quadrant and make sure it's not interfering with any kind of well supply, water supply. Okay. Make sure there's no sewage or anything environmental issues sure then they give you the permit for it to be designated as a cemetery and you have to visibly where people can tell whether it be with post or a fence or some kind Mm. of designation but it yes you can do it it just you got to jump through a few hoops so that's where you'd see a lot of the older churches i mean even north side we have a cemetery over off of uh, old madonna uh, but you don't see any new churches with cemeteries. No. <laughs> so I think it kind of becomes a thing. Right? That, yeah. And yeah. Where it used to be, you know, you'd right there by the church. Most every church that. in yeah. the country, as we called it, yeah. had a cemetery next to it because yeah. they would take care of their own. Yeah, exactly. Because most of them that were in that church lived in that community, so mm-hmm. they wanted to be buried because they, the church is their life. Yeah. So that's what started years ago, yeah. those church cemeteries yeah. for that very reason. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure the new churches today they 
they've realized being in the cemetery world is a whole different world. Because the only way cemeteries can really survive, especially ones of any size like Highland Memorial or Ridgecrest, mm-hmm. is you've got to do it with pre-need sales. Okay. I mean, you've got – because you can use 80% of that money. In the funeral world, we have to trust 100% of it. If somebody comes in and pays $10,000 for a funeral, all of that $10,000 goes into a trust. Okay. Because it's not usable till the death occurs. So it's the person's money. If they retire and move to Scottsdale or Tucson – that's their money, no matter where it is. So you have to trust a hundred percent in the funeral world. Hmm. You can you can trust you got to trust twenty percent in the cemetery side. So you can spend eighty percent right now. So f- for survival in the cemetery world, is they have to do pre need sales because most of the time, like when we own the cemeteries, I know one one month we had about twenty barrels, which was pretty big for Highland Memorial Gardens in a month. It's usually about a 12 to 15. Mm-hmm. And 17 of those opening and closings were prepaid. So here we were paying all this overtime, yeah, but not getting any money for it because yeah. they had paid it 10 years ago. Yeah. Now, yeah. 10 years ago, that company spent that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're now providing the service but the money's gone. So yeah. that's why you've got this continual, you've got to keep selling property to keep you paying bills today. Yeah. So yeah. that's the that's the concept behind. And of course, in the cremation has changed that a lot of that for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So being in the cemetery world is tough yeah. today. Tough. How, how, how did COVID change what Ooh. y'all do? Yeah. I, I, know, I know because just watching y'all and knowing that the 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 role we play alongside of y'all sure it, it it was some big difference it was some big differences uh the main thing is of course we went through that time here in Madison County that uh, you can't have a twenty five together or mm-hmm. fifty or whatever so that limited a lot of stuff but then even pre COVID the the visitation funeral same day was beginning to get some traction yeah but when COVID hit. That's all it was. You know, they didn't, people weren't gathering tonight and again tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So COVID made that happen. And then COVID also went to a lot of gravesides because they were outside. Yeah. So the main thing is it did is it got everybody, one, not going to funerals, like not going to church or Mm -hmm. civic clubs or weddings or anything else as far as that goes. But, and then it got more and more people thinking of, you know, I kind of like this one day deal. (laughs) (laughs) Come in, visit for an hour or two and have the funeral and be done. Yeah. So that's still going on today more than it was pre COVID. Uh, We still have had a few night visitation service the next day, but I'm going to say 70% of them are still same day, Yeah, uh, which is good for family that has to travel. It basically mm-hmm. cuts out an extra day that they got to be here. Yeah, They yeah. can come in the night before, have the visitation and the funeral, and even go back the next night should they need to, depending on where they live. But that really kind of put the course for visitation, funeral, same day. Uh, there was a lot of cremation during COVID yeah. because families were really honestly kind of scared. They didn't yeah. know what they should or shouldn't do. Uh, the best we can tell, the virus dies at death, but there's not enough data to 
prove that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and then, of course, the death rate went up. Exactly. So things got exactly. really busy. Yeah. Uh, we weren't nearly as affected around here as some of my friends were, like up in the New York, Connecticut yeah. type yeah. areas. And the, and, the, and the way to describe it is like take any profession, any industry, any business, pick it, that all of a sudden your business overnight increases 50%. Yeah. You've got the same staff. You've got the same yeah. facility. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've got 50% more of what you were doing two months ago. Yeah. That's a strain, and mm-hmm. especially in funeral service. I mean, we had people – working 12, 14, 16-hour days, and we had funeral directors leaving a really non-affected area going to try to help these people in the east. And, I mean, I know I had a friend of mine up in Canada has got a big mortuary service funeral home operation up there, and at one time he had eight tractor-trailer refrigerated trailers on his parking lot. Oh, wow. That held 28 bodies a trailer. Oh, wow. And a lot of that was going on in the New York, in Connecticut, up in the East, just because their deaths were just so many because they're so highly populated. Yeah. So that was a real strain on the system overall. Uh, some places better than others, but there was a lot with those high COVID numbers. Yeah. Funeral directors were really pushed to the limit. Yeah. They were. And it wasn't like a mass casualty, like the hurricane. Where it comes, comes and goes. And this was gone. coming and coming and coming and, and coming it and coming. And for, <laughs> yeah, you know, a so. year and a half. And we kind of became known as the last responders. You had all yeah. those first yeah. responders. And then we were the last responders that had to do something with them. Yeah, exactly. You know, hospitals done all they're going to do. The medical examiner's done. Yeah. And now it's in the funeral service hands. And you can only do so much in an eight-hour period or ten-hour period. Yeah. And then, of course, in certain places, they were just unfor- – New York especially, mm-hmm. the unidentified. They were just yeah. building a common grave. and bear- But you still had to have a funeral director involved in that. Sure. Somebody's got to take care of the death certificate. Somebody's got to get all the permits. So not just the physical embalming, burying, having funerals. It's all that paperwork you got to yeah. do to legally yeah. dispose of a body yeah. that lays in the hands of the funeral director. Yeah. So that really stressed the system. Them. Yeah, it really did. Well, just kind of one last question. We always like to ask everybody this a little bit is um, how doing what you do, Bob, and you've done it for so long. And I mean, goodness, y'all are some of the best I've ever been around. And well, I've thank been you. Tennessee thank you. and Texas, a few other places. And y'all are, y'all are great. Thank you. Um, how, how has that affected your your daily walk with Christ? How, um, how has what you've done affected that? It's, it's tremendous. I mean, it's made me a lot stronger mm. in my faith. Uh it's it's time and time and time and time again. I know, I know, and I know in my soul that this is what the Lord's wanted me to do. Yeah, because I I was in it, then I got out of it for a little bit, and it just kept coming back. And then that's when I decided I'm gonna step out and build this funeral home. And I was looking for land, and I found the land, and the guys. Jimmy Wallace and Jimmy Harris and Milton Craven, they own the land. And I went to them, told them kind of what I was thinking about. Well, come to find out, Jimmy Harris was a licensed funeral director. Oh, really? In his first marriage, he was married to the Helms family in Lexington, which owns Pafford Funeral Home. So okay. he and I immediately 
he said, man, I'm glad you, he said, we've been talking about that. And uh, so they ended up putting the land in the deal for a, to be a part ownership in the project. So I didn't have to buy the land. They okay, put it cool. in for yeah. exchange and ownership. And then when all the other stuff kind of fell in, you know, it wasn't long. It's almost like the Lord says, okay, dummy, there it is. Yeah. Now you just <laughs> do something with it. That's what you want to do. So, and then when folks didn't come, they didn't call, and I was checking, and they said, you know, it's like, I said, why do you go to ABC? Well, I used to always have. Yeah, I said, exactly. so it's it's not price, it's not service, it's not facility or location. I, I, I don't know why we go there. Yeah. So then I, it's kind of like trying to get people to change churches. Exactly. If you grow up in church A, that's where you're going to be till yeah. you move away or something really bad happens. Yeah. But so time and time and time again, I just saw that this is where I was supposed to be and at the right place to help people at the right time and you know, the Lord kind of gave me a vision as to how to serve and, and built a great team to do just that. So it's made me stronger. We have a Bible study at the office every Thursday morning at 815 for the for the whole staff. to, And they all are. We're all Christians and we all believe in what we're doing. So that keeps us very grounded. Uh, it keeps us in funeral service and not in funeral business, mm. and so it's been a it's been a great partnership with the Lord, as as we know all partnerships are, but especially in what we're set out to do, yeah, and to do with with His guidance and His blessings and working alongside ministers like we do. So it keeps us all on the same page, but it it strengthens me a lot. Uh, and many, many times you'll go through a certain funeral and, mm. and we try to guide people. We'll sit down with somebody and say, well, now what minister are we going to be working with? Well, you know, his, I think his brother's minister might be able, well, right there, first of all, I don't know how they get through the funeral without any hope, but, and then we, well, you know, we went to first baptist about 10 or 12 years ago well then what we'll do with one of our chuck maxwell's our aftercare minister mm -hmm. then we'll contact first baptist and say you know we're having a service for john doe and he and his wife jane they were members about 10 years ago kind of put them back on your visitation contact list so we'll try to take that moment mm -hmm. to try to reconnect them yeah. somewhere yeah. so it has, I know that's a long way around, but it, it has really, really made my walk a lot better. Mm. And I feel no question that we serve better because of that walk. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you and uh, your team. I know almost all of them. Mm -hmm. You have added some new ones here we have. in the last little while. And yeah. But uh, but we we do appreciate y'all, especially Gracie. Oh yeah, so shout out to Gracie. We, Gracie's uh, been here a couple of times. She has. She's been to the church. She has. We love Gracie. And, yeah, and all y'all. Thank well, you for thank coming. By. I appreciate we, you. Appreciate having this opportunity. Well, yeah. And uh, you know, you know where we are. As I tell folks, we're as close as your phone. That's right. <laughs> I used to live down the street from us, so I, I yeah. see y'all all the time. All but, the time. Yeah. But um, but yeah, if y'all are um. You know, go in and talk to them because they really do have some um, some ways to help. And you know, as we we say here at church, a lot of times it's one of the best gifts you can give your family. It is, is to, to pre plan. It pre, is 
pre prepare. It prepare, is prepare, you know. And yeah, and a lot of times do. the children don't realize how good a gift it is. Well, mother and daddy told me several years ago they're doing this. I wasn't sure about yeah. it, but. I am so glad they did because yeah. I don't have to worry about this. So yeah, it, <laughs> it comes to it comes to really comes into focus when it's happening. Yeah. A lot of times when they say we did it, they kids may or may not take yep. that to heart, but it's a great gift. Two things: clean out your storage sheds and your closets <laughs> and prepare. That's, that's, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. Well, thank you, Bob. We appreciate okay. you coming in. Thank y'all. Appreciate thank it. You. Told you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. I love them. They are so awesome. They really are. Yeah. Good folks. And if you have not met Gracie, by the way, Gracie is their their dog and their their comfort dog. And she is wonderful. Love Gracie. Miss Judy usually is the one handling Gracie. And uh, and drop by. I think you can order it maybe on their Facebook page or their website. Uh, Gracie does a calendar every year. And I think the money she raises from the calendar goes to something with kids. It's really special. I yeah, can't remember exactly like what it is. But they released a sneak peek uh-huh. of one of her pictures the other day. <laughs> and that dog is cool. Chief follows her on oh. Instagram. He He's a big fan. Nice. That dog, both of those dogs have more followers than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chief's a big fan of Gracie. So... Yeah, you know, I better keep them apart. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe they, Chief may have his eye on Gracie. Uh oh, you know, Gracie, if you if you're listening, Gracie, you know he's a handsome white lad. <laughs> he's an eligible bachelor. He is an eligible bachelor. <laughs> so he's a good, good, good dogs. But yeah, I uh, love them. They do a great job, and so we really do encourage you to go. And you know, we were talking. Patrick was talking with Bob afterwards. You know, Patrick's you're younger. Yeah. You know, it's really something I need to really take care of and do. <laughs> well, yeah, I was asking because I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s. Is it too early for me to start doing some of this pre-planning and stuff? It's and, not. And he was like, no, I mean, you never know, you know. And I love the fact that you can pre-plan and not necessarily have to pay for it right then. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. But if you can, mm-hmm. that's that's ginormous too because that, you know, you don't have to pay any more. Your family doesn't have to pay any more down the road. Yeah. They, they honor whatever you do now if uh-huh. it's paid for. You know, yeah, so that, I was not aware really, that they did that. Yeah, so. that's really, really. If you have an opportunity and you got the means, really, truly, seriously consider it. Yeah, and we were also talking. You know, if you're if you're in that state of life where you know, how do I have that conversation with mom and dad? And yeah, you know, they're getting to that age, and you know, if you're if you're of that age where I'm gonna, know, it's a it's more of a possibility yeah. than than not like you're my age. <laughs> I so, gotta figure out how, how to have a conversation with Randy and Mitzi about it. <laughs> so, so we, and, you know, one of my things is we've learned, you know, looking up our family tree. Uh, Barbie and I have talked about is there's two really special gifts you can give your kids. Looking back down the family tree is mm-hmm. pre-plan and have that kind of worked out so people don't have to argue or fuss or know. You know, it's one yeah. of the things he said is sometimes they just don't know. And number two. Clean out your stuff before. Oh, yeah. Don't make them go through the mess. Uh, Mom, are you listening? <laughs> you know, don't make them go through years and years of the junk drawer in the kitchen along yeah. with everything else. And you're, you know, just just do that before <laughs> then. That's a blessing. But, yeah, great conversation. Definitely. Uh, 
and and I will say, you know, we've talked about Arrington because we know them well. And yeah. But we also work with all the other funeral homes mm-hmm. uh, in town, and they all do a great job. There's not a funeral home here in town I wouldn't wouldn't go to if I had to, and yeah. and then I wouldn't call if I needed. You know, if we were working with them at all, they're just right here, really close to church, and we mm-hmm. work, we work with them a lot. And um, because that you know they have a, a connection with Northside, a pretty strong one, family even. Yeah. Uh, we we see them a lot. So definitely a. Uh, Pre-plan, pre-pay, pre-whatever you can pre. Yeah. (laughs) So, hey, um, Patrick, we are, you know, we've been talking, saying, telling people fall is coming. Fall is coming. And that there was things coming up. Technically, fall is here. We're here. And it is roaring up in here. You know, we're just, we're we're less than 90 days till Christmas. Yeah. Less than that till Thanksgiving. And we're only like, don't say that. Two weeks away. To 15 days away almost. Yeah. Basically 15 days away. Almost almost 15 days away. About 18 days away from Halloween. Yeah. Halloween. So. I still got a couple of weeks before my boot comes off. That's how I've been measuring yes. time. <laughs> you lose the boot. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we, what else do we have coming up? Well, this Thursday, we've got the Mothership Paint Party. October cool. the 13th. It's from 6 to 8 p.m. And it costs $15. I don't think there's a deadline to sign up. I'm pretty sure you could probably still get in touch with Christy if you want to participate in that. Happy birthday to the U.S. Navy on the 13th, by the way. Oh, happy birthday, Navy. <laughs> way to go, Navy. This oh. Saturday, October the 15th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., we're having a West, Wesley Jackson Highland work day. Um, they're needing volunteers to help uh, just with some household chores and just fellowship with the residents and uh, just kind of helping around the facility there. Um, lunch will be provided, so if you would like to participate in that and help out you can contact tracy mcknight um or call up here at the office for more information so yeah put that on your calendar that'll be cool we haven't been over there in a minute we uh, haven't done that in a minute yeah if we have i don't remember no so. we we haven't so i love going over there it's a yeah. really neat deal and if you didn't know some of our eagle scouts put up their uh, made their little park that they have over there yeah. with a walking track and everything go check it out sometimes yeah, pretty neat for sure um, on the 30th, we have our trunk or treat. That's the the big one. Trunk or treat. Oh, yeah. bring some candy, right? We're having to ask for candy donations this year. Um, the past few years, we've just started running out. And, you know, we don't want to be those people that run out of candy for the community and, all, you know, everybody participating. So if you would like to help donate candy so we don't run out, that would be fantastic. You can bring it up here to the church and put it in the mission bin. And mm. uh, that would be awesome yeah but that's going to be on the 30th from three o'clock to five o'clock p.m and we're going to have candy and games and my favorite part is the corn dogs corn dogs man i'm if there if there weren't corn dogs i don't know if i'd show up (laughs) and they they are on site right now yes we have them we made sure because i know last year it was a little uh touch and go whether we'd be able to get them so it was we made sure we got they them are, early. They are here marinating, <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> and then the thing everyone has been waiting for <gasps> on November the 20th, no way. Sunday, is Thanksgiving breakfast. What? Favorite Sunday of the year. Thanksgiving breakfast is back? It's back, baby. Whoa, dude, totally. <laughs> We're going to have breakfast at 8.30 um, in the gym and in Hope Hall. Uh, mm. The serving lines are going to be in the gym this year and some of the eating tables and then some more in 
Hope Hall. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna have breakfast at 8.30 in both the gym and Hope Hall. And then we're all going to kind of migrate up to the sanctuary for a joint worship service at 10 o'clock. And I hear there's something special about the service possibly going to happen that day. Yeah. Um, are we going to tell them yet? I don't know. I was going to leave that up to you. Well, what's going to happen is the youth and children are going to group up together and they're going to lead the services for us. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a kind of a youth and children's Sunday. And they're, I mean, they're going to do it all. They're going to lead the whole thing. They're going to preach. They're going to. I think they're even going to have a moment, a moment with the adults. Oh, do I get to go sit? Do yes, I get to go down to the stage? Exactly steps? what's going nice. to happen. <laughs> and one of them are going to teach us. That'll Isn't be, that great? That's fantastic. That was, that was like, going to be fun. So, yeah, you don't want to miss the 20th. That's going to be a, a really good Sunday. And that's, that service time again is what time? Um, eight thirty for breakfast, and then ten o'clock for the service, and no Sunday school, no Sunday school groups yeah. or whatever. And then on December second, there's going to be a parents' night out. What? Yeah. So on December the second, from five thirty to eight thirty, if uh, shopping spree. Yeah, if you need to go buy some uh, Christmas presents. Uh, gosh, I can't believe I'm already talking about this. Uh, it's not even Halloween or Thanksgiving yet. I'm already talking about shopping for Christmas presents. But uh, forget about it. Yeah, if you need to drop the kids off to. I don't know, go take a nap, go to dinner, go buy some Christmas presents, whatever you need mm. to do. December the 2nd from 5.30 to 8.30. And I know you've got some uh, retreats coming up, the guys and the girls. You want to yeah, talk well, a little bit about those? Sure do. The first weekend of November the 4th, 5th, and 6th is the girls' retreat, and it's called Called. Oh. <laughs> they did a good job with that. So, uh, you know, it is named Called. <laughs> no, but, I like it's called Called. <laughs> it's not called Called, but it's named Called. Uh, but they're going to be talking about uh, what we are called to. And um, our small group leaders that we have on Wednesday nights are the ones who, and, and our Sunday school teachers from Sunday Sunday morning connection groups, I, I will never get that right. <laughs> they, um, they are leading that, and they're excited, and we have several girls signed up, but there's still plenty of time to sign up, but uh, get on that quickly. So talk to me about that. And then the guys, the first weekend of December, the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, are going to have their retreat. It's not named yet. Oh, okay. It, it may just be called a named. It's, it's not named yet? Not named yet. <laughs> yeah. So, our Yeti. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Not named Yeti. Ooh. All right. Well, anyways, uh, we are finishing up the details on that as far as the name and all that. But um, that's coming up the first weekend of December. So, you know, a couple of uh, fall retreats here this yeah. year. And also in November, church league basketball practices will start. So, you know, we'll start talking about that again as well. Cool. Well, Glenn, thanks for podcasting with me. Of course. And thanks to all of you out there in the world for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at Northside Now Podcast. Go to our website, northsidejackson.com, or email us at podcast at northsidejackson.com. We hope to hear from you soon. Once again, this is Patrick. This is Glenn. And that's what's happening at Northside Now.